welcome. You've got mail. Hey everyone, welcome to TechStream. I hope you had a lovely Memorial Day weekend if you're listening in the United States. And if you're abroad and you don't know what Memorial Day is, well, we're not going to be the ones to teach you. My name is Seth Everett. He is Shelley Palmer, CEO of the Palmer Group, best-selling author, which I never really thought was going to be part of the introduction. But nonetheless, <laughs> it is. <laughs> Shelley, I hope you had a great weekend. I did have a great weekend. The new book, it's unbelievable. Um, I, you know, I've written a lot of books. And uh, ShellyPalmer.com slash books, and you'll see there's a bunch of them there. But the this new one uh, about blockchain, cryptocurrency, NFTs, and smart contracts, which is an executive guide to the world of decentralized finance. This this little ebook, the little ebook that could, I wrote it as an afterthought, Seth, because everybody kept asking me questions about you know the applications of blockchain the applications of smart contracts all in the context of the crypto market's going crazy should i get right. in it's like oh my goodness stop it stop it like you know sure if you wanted the, the latest get rich quick scheme but you know that brings us to a, a the topic that i think we want to talk about today another kind of it, it's some weird between pop culture politics insanity and science which is vaccinated or not vaccinated, safe or unsafe, COVID passports, all this, like it's real now because we're all going back right now. It's so exciting. The Memorial Day weekend, obviously was super great. And everybody is, I think a lot of people are just psychologically back. I don't know about you, but everybody I know is like, just so they're giddy about like life getting back to normal. Uh, I went to an outdoor bat mitzvah. And it was in the invite. It was everybody there is vaccinated. Mm -hmm. I didn't go into it for one second thinking about COVID. But here's the thing. We get this invite and we hear that everybody's vaccinated. And I'll ask you, do we just believe? And if you're going to an event that is not a close friend or relative, who do you trust? And that's where this comes from. I understand people don't want to have to be forced to do anything and everybody wants their freedoms, but isn't that the only way we can trust that you are vaccinated from COVID-19? So human nature tells us that this is a heavy lift and we teach in our consulting practice, data-driven thinking and evidence-based decision-making. We do a lot of work in and around machine learning, statistical machine learning, and uh, AI modeling, artificial intelligence modeling. And one of the things that I, I talk about when we do our executive training for senior leaders around algorithms, right? We, we kind of do a English a algorithms for English speakers, non-engineers, executives who need to understand algorithms, right? And one of them is this idea of came nearest neighbor and it's all in the context of clustering and classifying target groups so the the classic is you're at a school dance and there are boys and girls and you would like to be able to cluster and classify the boys and the girls and who are the teachers who are likely to be hiding behind the staircase smoking cigarettes who are going outside doing what they shouldn't do so you're trying to not only classify boy and girl, but you're trying to cluster them into target classes, troublemakers, dancers. And so there's people in the perimeter. There's little, you know, blue and red dots in the perimeter that uh, mean boys and girls. And there's some in the center. You assume they're dancing. Then there are some green dots that may be teachers who are proctor. Right. right. So this is a 
and and it's a classic example of, of NK nearest neighbor, and it's a classic example of clustering and classifying. And to a computer, all of these things are just numbers, right? It just it, the computer honestly doesn't know the difference between a blue dot and a green dot, or what you might say a red dot is or a blue dot. It doesn't know. And it's just trying to figure out which dots are closest to one another, which ones are in groups and which ones are not likely to, which ones are outliers. You know, wow, what's that purple dot doing in the middle of that? You know, that's really what we're teaching. So during the day when we do these seminars and we do these uh, consulting projects or we do these executive uh, learning sessions, education sessions, uh, when we take a break, I'll say, okay, let's, let's do some real life classifications, boys on the right, girls on the left, let's make a line, remember grade school. And I, I will do those kinds of little asides during every break. Towards the end of the day, I do something that always freaks people out, but it's part of the, my biggest warning about clusters and classifications. And forgive me people who are listening, who are going to be offended by this, but it's here to shock you. So I'm warning you in advance. It's, <laughs> it, is, it is designed to shock. I will stand people up and I will say, okay, uh, last cluster and classification of the day, Jews on the right, Gentiles on the left. Right. And people flip out. And I'm like, wow, I don't understand why you're flipped out. It's just another way to classify the data. You're okay with boys and girls. You're okay with tall and short. You're okay with male and female. You may not want to use them. Black Some may be illegal, right. black and white, green and orange, whatever it is. But this one flips you out. Let me just say to a computer, the computer doesn't know the difference. And so if you ask the question and the data is available, you're going to get the answer. And those answers are going, the questions you ask are going to show your bias, not the answers the computer gives, the questions you ask. And so I put it to you, Seth Everett, safe or unsafe. We can do it, but who is going to voluntarily agree to be in the group unsafe? So when you say, who can you trust? The answer is no one. Well, no one's going to volunteer that they're unsafe. I, you know, I proudly am not vaccinated. Then you proudly can't come to my event. Who's doing that? Some people will. Most yeah, but, people won't. But, but if you're vaccinated, this is more of a COVID question than a tech question. If you're vaccinated, what do I care if you're not? If you're vaccinated, I'm not kissing I, you. I'm not kissing I you. I shouldn't care. That's right. I shouldn't care. And that, I think, is what makes this whole issue moot, unless there's a vulnerable group of people. That well, concerts, concerts, sporting events that, you know, Broadway theaters, you know, what I would love is this vaccine card. And I'll steal a line from John Oliver. Why the U.S. government made that card bigger than any man's wallet. I do not understand. And you have that card and you're told not to laminate it because there might be booster shots involved. We don't know that at the time of this podcast. And by the way, if you're listening to this in the future, do me a favor and tell us how the flying car is. The idea that we're in this position and I would love to have it on the iPhone wallet app to just say, if anyone needs to know, I have that data. So. I'm going to argue the other way, okay. and it's a circular argument, but just for fun. I gave you the technical definition of the cluster and classification mm -hmm. and, and the danger of, of putting that together, because if that database exists outside of protected uh, health information, PHI, or personal identifiable information, PII, I, I don't think that's a, a good thing for anyone past a point. 
But I am told, and by the way, I have no way to personally verify this, but it is what I have been told by Pfizer, by Moderna, by the CDC, by WHO, that the vaccine that I have received is 100% effective in the following way. It will keep me out of the hospital and I will not die if I get COVID. Mm -hmm. Won't prevent me from getting the disease. It's only 95% efficacious about preventing me from getting COVID, but it is 100% effective in preventing me from dying from it and or ending up in the hospital. And so your question is the only question I think you need to ask about this now, which is why I think all of this insanity about vaccine passports makes no sense. Technologically, it's possible from a data collection standpoint, it's possible. But at the end of the day, if I've been vaccinated, I am told that even if I get COVID, my symptoms will be mild enough where I will not be hospitalized and I'm guaranteed not to die. Okay. I get colds all the time. Not, not, not in the last year. Cause I've been in the house wearing right. a mask wear or whatever, a mask. <laughs> but, but, but generally I, I want to wear a, a mask in grocery stores. I'm sorry. I, I think, and, they're and you dishes. should, and you should, but at the end of the day, I, I have never lived a year in my life that I can remember where I didn't have a couple of colds, a couple right. of really bad ones, a couple. Okay. Like, Hitis so if or co- something, so if COVID, va- if the COVID vaccine reduces my experience to an, just a bad cold. Now, I would rather not get it because the thing I don't know about that no one knows about are the, are the, the long haul COVID symptoms. Like I have a lot of friends, yeah, but I have a lot of friends who have gotten COVID and they're, some of them are fine. I mean, this is such a personal disease. Others have like, are still fatigued, have like all these weird long haul symptoms. They don't know if it's related to COVID or something like, it's just right, hard to know. You don't so, know. Yeah, I'd rather not, I'd rather not. the vaccine, I'd rather yeah, not I don't get know. it. We don't know. I, I don't know. So given a choice, I'd rather not That was not my argument about college football. I didn't want these kids being the litmus <laughs> test. Exactly. So at the end of the day. 1,500 Twitter followers from that. There you go. I bet. Look, you lose, uh, this is so politicized and people of get course. so uh, you know enraged. One of the things I like to do is say, follow the science. And one of the things we're learning is that no matter who's telling you about the science, unless you're a scientist and have personal understanding and knowledge of the peer reviewed studies, you don't really have good, a good line of information about what the science actually is. This, this BS with wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Masks are only good for healthcare workers. Masks don't work. They do like I, the mask thing has been crazy. I, I think double masking was what the science behind that was great. And people will tell you, I don't, I, you know, people will tell you the political story they want to tell you. Um, with respect to the efficacy of the vaccine and long haul COVID, we haven't had the disease inside the human uh, experience long enough to know what the long haul ramifications really are. I agree. We just don't. But let's do tech now. Let's let, let's go tech. If I bought a ticket to see uh, the Yankees play the Red Sox, and there'll be seventy two strikeouts in every game, the idea that my ticket is now uh paperless so mm-hmm. i have on my phone the ticket to the game can that be linked to an already subscribed to app that has the vaccine so that when i step foot into yankee stadium and one scan of my device they'll know a that i can sit in the vaccinated section because i think that's the greatest incentive to get the vaccine right now is they're having vaccinated sex sections where you can sit with a crowd or non-vaccinated sections where you have to social distance 
look, if you are philosophically opposed to any kind of passport, you don't want anybody to know if you got the vaccine. I'm not here to convince you. What I'm saying is if I can scan a ticket, can I scan the same thing and just have it be known? I'm 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 standing on the top of the mountain. I'm vaccinated. What can you do for me? So it's really simple, Seth, especially with the Yankees. And there are many states that have this. It's called the Excelsior Pass. It uh, ends up in your wallet as the NYS wallet, which is weird. They call it the Excelsior Pass when you download it from the App Store. It's available for Android or Apple. But when it shows up in your phone, it actually, the uh, you search NYS wallet, and that's what the icon looks like. That's only if you're a New York resident. Well, you said Yankees, so no, no, so no but, but, but people there, from there Connecticut bunch, and New Jersey go to Yankee games, right? No, there's a bunch. There, a bunch of states have the same the same vaccine passport tools. Um, we can put in the description all the states that have it. If people are interested, all you need to do is um, is Google vaccine passport to find out if if it's available in your state. There is one for New York and New Jersey and Connecticut. It's and the first time in extreme history we just say just Google it. No, because in 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 practice. A, the information changes every day, and and B, the where it depends on where you're listening to this, it may or may not be available. But the vaccine passports, the way they work is really simple. For 30 days after you're vaccinated, and you can renew it every 30 days at the moment, you uh, have in this wallet, which looks like an Apple wallet for all intents and purposes, or an Android wallet, you, you know, a thing comes up with a QR code that says you're vaccinated. And if you've tested negative, which is the other criteria that a lot of sporting events are using for entrance, right? They're saying if you've been tested within the last 72 hours, well, on the New York State wallet, the Excelsior app, and on the wallets I've seen from other states, the testing accreditation or, or certification or verification lives on the wallet for 72 hours and the vaccine lives on the wallet for 30 days. And then you have to renew either go get another test if you want to go somewhere or you have to be vaccinated and that you can renew your existing vaccination. And I, I think when they figure out clinically whether we need booster shots or not, they'll, they'll probably incorporate that. I don't think the adoption rate on those apps has been very good so far because there hasn't been the incentive like sit in the vaccinated section with your friends and fans and other fans mm -hmm. and go to the movie theater and sit in the vaccinated section. But I, I have a feeling that people will start to do that. There are people who are just, you know, philosophically opposed to putting themselves in that class of, of human being or to doing it. And I, I understand that uh, not, I shouldn't say I understand it. I respect it. I understand the reasons. I hear the reasons and I'm not, I've learned over the last um, 15 years of social media and uh, the empowerment <laughs> of the humanist movement that uh -huh. minds are not minds are not changed by sounds bites. Minds are not changed. Period. People are entitled to their opinions, and apparently, uh, with deference to Daniel Patrick Moynihan, may he rest in peace. Apparently, in the in twenty twenty one, people are entitled to their own facts, although they shouldn't be. They apparently are. <laughs> so I'm not here to try to change your mind, but I I can tell you flat out that business leaders that we work with are making decisions about vaccinations. They're making decisions about fan engagement because fans are really important. But I think it's also, look, if we believe, honestly, Seth, if we believe that, that the efficacy of these vaccines is at the 100% level about preventing us from being dead, which is the 
ultimate thing you're trying to prevent or going to the hospital, which is the thing the healthcare system is trying to prevent. If, if the vaccine prevents against that, we really shouldn't worry that much about who else has or hasn't been vaccinated. As long as we've been vaccinated, right. we're safe. And my personal safety, that's important to me. I saw something the other day. But I, I love the idea of it, when you get on a train, your, your train ticket is on your phone. Your Broadway theater, your ticket is on your phone. You go on an airplane, your boarding pass is on your phone. Put yeah. this information on your phone. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. And the reason I don't think it's going to happen is that pooling, look, data is more powerful in the presence of other data. It becomes a profile. And those kinds of dossiers, they start out with the best of intentions. But I got to tell you, Seth, if you knew, if you had an inkling of what is what can be found out about you online, your, your, your brain would explode. And I, 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 just the other day, I, I saw a TikTok. And it was a woman who, who started her TikTok with this emphatic uh, uh, diatribe, is the only way to describe it, about how she knew that she was being tracked by the vaccine. And I'm like, oh, my God. I was just about to scroll past it. And I mean, literally, just, you know, okay, I've had enough of this when she held up her phone and she said, this is how I know I'm being checked. She was pointing to her arm, but the punchline of what she was doing was she was basically there to tell us that her phone was what was being used to track her. Right. Now, by the way, anyone who, who for one second doesn't understand the reality of that rant and the profoundness of that rant, if you are unfamiliar, there is a, a technique called OSINT, O-S-I-N-T. Are you familiar with that, Seth? I'm not. This is a, a, a whole class of apps that are open source intelligence. Open source intelligence, OSINT, is what you can find online by using a bunch of tools to help you figure out stuff about people. So... When you pick up your phone, literally pick it up. The phone has an accelerometer in it. Someone somewhere knows you picked up your phone. Verizon or AT&T, your phone provider has to know where your phone is or it can't ring. Right? This is like you want your phone, your wireless phone to ring. Right. I got to know where the but, phone but, is. Right. So, but that was it, the whole Foursquare uh, debate. You know? What, oh, it, yeah. That's Foursquare right. Foursquare care if I go for Chinese food? Like, what, what, what do you care? I, 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 I never understood so, the hook of it. So let, let me put it in context for you, because I think it's important to understand. Look, I'm a big advocate of data and data analysis, and I'm a giant. Look, we teach it in our practice, right? We use statistical machine learning. Right, what, is your, what is Seth Everett's propensity to buy a BMW? How do I get to the point of knowing that you, Seth Everett, are 150% uh, likely you know, you're over-indexed on BMW purchases. You're 44% indexed on buying bottled water in plastic bottles you might buy it in a glass bottle right, but you know just what, by saying this no just, just just by saying this i will have a bmw ad on hulu live later on tonight no you won't i will be using predictive mathematics to look at your behaviors and i'm going to use i'm going to use correlation as opposed to causality 
right? Uh, the narrative doesn't matter in marketing in 2021. People always talk about, oh, emotional brand connection. Yeah, yeah, there's a whole lifestyle marketing movement and emotional connection to a brand is very important. But transactional advertising, the advertising you click on that drives business forward, that's going to, what is the conversion rate of this particular piece of, of advertising? I will put your information, all of it, every ounce of information I can get, no matter what it is, what you had for dinner last night, where you live, where you drove, did you fill up with gas? How much money is in your bank account? What kind of credit cards do you have? Like what, what clothes did you buy? The more data I can get, the more I can do a correlation with a confidence interval that with an, you know, try and get to the point where I say, I am 74% confident that Seth Everett has a 64% chance of clicking on this. And then I can decide if I want to spend the money at $1.26 a click, if $1.26 a click for that confidence interval works for me. Now, none of that stuff sounds like um, English to you. What it means is I am going to do a correlation. I have some confidence. I'm 94% confidence. You have a 71% proclivity to click on this. And then I can decide if it's going to convert or not. And if I can invest against those two numbers, how confident are you in the correlation between everything you know? So the more data I put into a database, the more profound that profile is, the more robust that profile is, the more data, which is more powerful in the presence of other data, data that you think doesn't matter, what you watched, what you watch on Netflix, what you watch on TV, where'd you travel, where'd you buy gas, what'd you buy on your credit card? Well, if I put all of that together, I as a human being can't understand it. It's big data, right? We're talking about millions of rows and thousands of columns of, of information about you. But a computer can look at that data, an, an algorithm could look at that data and take a guess based on, you know, make its best guess based on that data, what you're likely to do based on some circumstances. That's what this is about. And so I, I am so off the idea of allowing my Yankees ticket to be part of a COVID set, to be part of an insurance set, to be part of a healthcare set, to be part of a hot dog set, to be part of a, like, wow. I would like to keep my data mine. Thank you very much. And, and I, it's not just about the advertising. I don't mind seeing advertising that's relevant. But as you just said, the, the wives tale that's out there right now is that your devices are listening to you talk. Why? Because you and I are talking about BMWs and magically, even though you haven't been on a BMW site, you're going to see one. Well, as it turns out, Seth, 10 folks that you hang out with have all gone to look at beamers right now with, you know, convertible beamers because the sun's coming out and weather's good and you're going to start traveling again or whatever the reason is. And an algorithm puts you in a birds of a feather flock with people who are looking at that stuff. And even though you haven't, it has a 44% confidence level that you have a 31% chance of clicking on it or higher. It has a 93% uh, confidence level that you are, you know, 74% likely to, to be caring about Beamers right now, not because it knows you, because 10 of your friends that you're closest with have clicked on Beamer ads or, or gone to Beamer websites this week. So it has a feeling you can do that. It's just predictive analytics. It's just math. Nothing's listening to you. Everyone's watching the cluster of and classifications of people you're with. And so when we start talking about clustering and classifying people as safe and unsafe, Oh my goodness. Now we're in another world, Seth. And that's the part that is, is, is crazy. And while I, I do this for a living and I, I help my clients make an awful lot of money classifying and correlating 
uh, proclivities in databases. This one, you know, is it a bridge too far? At some point, we have to own, we have to be sovereign. It's not inevitable that Facebook and Google and Experian and, and you know, all those guys get to hold this data. And yeah, I want the Yankee thing to be an easy experience. Let the Yankees say, hey, if you've got an NYS Excelsior pass and you're, you know, you're vaccinated according to that pass, we'll let you in. Tying it to my ticket, tell you what. I'd rather you didn't. Maybe they can if it's in an ephemeral database that'll go away. If they can convince me that if you buy a Yankee ticket through this particular app or with this particular set of circumstances, you're guaranteed to be in the vaccinated section. That's great. And as long as that data is temporary and ephemeral and goes away. But I'm getting sick of people just holding on to everything about me. I really am. All right. One thing we are beholden to, this is the 10th episode of TechStream. Yeah. Do you know that more than half of podcasts created do not see their 10th episode? I had no doubts, but still, it's a milestone, <laughs> so let's celebrate it. Hooray. Oh, wait. Yeah, kids are cheering. That's Yeah, I definitely love it. That's fantastic. You know, there's a, we'll lose 10% of, for the amount of podcasts that go to episode 11, but I have faith we will get to episode 11. Uh, for all of uh, you who listened, again, we're not telling you you have to get vaccinated. We want you to get vaccinated. We want you to yeah. be healthy. We're, we're, we're not preaching to you here. All we're saying is the technology exists. Should it be something that helps us get out of this pandemic? I think it's on an individual basis, Seth. And I really have started to 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 listen hard to people who have different worlds worldviews about this than I do. I've, I've been a not only a supplicant of and an adept of the scientific method since I learned about it in sixth grade. Uh, I, I deeply believe in science, not because, um, let me say this differently. I deeply believe in the scientific method and the product of the scientific method, I don't need to believe in because it's just the best truth that you can find after you try as hard as you can to poke holes in, in, in something that you think is right. So if you're trying to make evidence-based decisions and people always you know, get up in my face, well, science is just theories. It's like, yeah, that the English definition of the word theory and the scientific definition of the word theory, I think the most important thing about a scientific theory is that is what Einstein said. There is no amount of evidence that can prove me right. It will take only one experiment to prove me wrong. And as long as you go to the world, you go into the world understanding that your beliefs can be changed by one experiment proving you wrong, then you actually are looking for answers as opposed to holding on to something you've heard from somebody or some ancient belief system, which is just that, not evidence-based and something that you you want to scream about because you think you believe it, be in a state where one experiment can prove you wrong and you're always going to be on the right side of this. So that's where I am, Seth. I mean, I, look, I, I, we know what we know so far. It's the best we can do. And like you, I'm not trying to tell anybody how to think or how to live. 
these are my choices. You make your own. The choice I've made is be vaccinated and sit in the vaccinated section. And the good news is, while I'd rather not COVID and I'd rather, I will wear a mask when we're around people who I don't know, because I'd rather not get the disease, you know, knock yourself out. I'm not going to the hospital. I'm not going to die. Thank you, Pfizer. Thank you, Moderna. Thank you, scientists who, using the scientific method, came up with a way to give me a very high confidence level that I'm not going to the hospital. I'm not going to die because I've had a vaccine. I may die from something else. I may go to the hospital from something else, but this isn't going to be the thing. So I'm happy about that. One thing we're taking your rights away from, you have to rate and review. Give us a five-star <laughs> review. That's how iTunes Markets Podcast. We're only going to do this if you rate and review. Thanks for listening to TechStream. We will see you next week. 